this Good morning, good morning. This is JC. I'm your greeter today. Good morning, JC. It's Deborah Evan. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning. It's Susie. Hey. Sweet Susie. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I am blessed. Doing pretty good this morning. Good. Anyone else on the line? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Victory. This is Stacey. I'm sorry, Susie, you were going to say something, sweetie. What were you going to say? I just going to say have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Uh huh. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Stacey. I am your hostess in your Reader, who's on the line? Good morning, good morning. Did anyone else join would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. I'm your greeter and your hostess this morning. Did anyone else join? I'd like to say good morning.
Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, all. This is Brother Dwayne. Good morning, Brother Dwayne. How are you? I'm doing well. Hi, JC. Doing well. Thank you. All right. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Sister Tracy. Happy Saturday. Sister Tracy, how are you? And happy Saturday to you as well. Hi. I'm doing well. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Is there anyone else on the line that would like to say good morning or hello? Good morning, JC. This is Lisa. Hey, family. Hey, Lisa. Good morning, sweetie. How are you? I'm great. How are you, lady? Great. Thank you for asking. Lisa, real quick, I was speaking to my cousins, and um, when they visited Phoenix, Russell and Deborah Giles. Uh, they oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Girl, yes, that's my oh. church family. <laughs> yeah. So happy. I said, I'm going to visit the next time. Well, I'm in California now, but the next time I come here, <laughs> I'm going to visit Oh, yeah, we'd love to have you there. I know they would be happy, but love to see you. Yes, he told me that, and I was like, I fell out. I was like, oh, yeah, JC, because he asked me before. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't say JC. <laughs> <laughs> if I said it or Nisi, okay. <laughs> it's good speaking with you, sweetie. Good morning, good morning. Is there anyone else on the line that would like to say good morning? Okay. Well, it's time to move on to the next segment of the call. Before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello again. My name is JC, and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 o'clock a.m., Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to stay with us for the rest of the month for the monthly theme entitled The Faith Factor. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. There are no announcements today. The prayer, excuse me, the prayer requests on the app. There were no requests at all. The order of the call, the declaration, will be done by Dwayne and Sarah. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Lisa. Then we will go right right into 
closing arguments hosted by the declarer. Once again, the order of the call declaration will be by Dwayne and Sarah. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Lisa. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarers. The scripture for today is Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of this holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructors come off mute. And I now pass the call to the declarers, Dwayne and Sarah. Have a blessed day. JC, thank you so much for hosting. Thank you for uh, that introduction. Um, and time, uh, we also want to thank uh, Lisa in advance for uh, what she's going to do for prayer, bringing us together in corporate prayer. Um, good morning, everybody. God bless. It's another Saturday, and uh, we are honored to be able to be on the airwaves with you. I want to thank Dion, Moni, and the rest of um, the administration uh, just for the ability to be able to be on this platform. And want to thank all the declarers that put in time to hear from our Heavenly Father and share with us and uh, bring the word forward. And so we're going to do the same this morning and we're going to call on our Father and say, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for what you are about to do and what you have to speak to your children. We ask help, Daddy, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I hope everybody has had their coffee. I haven't had mine, so be bear with me. I'm so excited about this conversation we're going to have about faith. My husband and I have been on such incredible faith journeys. And this past, I want to say this past couple of weeks, I was evaluating how many times my husband and I have moved um, physically to a new home on faith, and that would be a total of 18 times, and that was just in our marriage. Dwayne has moved more times with his mom. Having had a single mom, they moved in his childhood quite a bit as well. So, uh, we're actually pretty, like, we're actually getting to be professional faith movers at this point. And it didn't make any of any of those moves any easier. Every time actually seemed to get harder, and the last time seemed harder. And I think because, well, I think because we're getting older. <laughs> it was a lot easier when we were 18 or 19, 20 years old to just, to just, um, you know, ride those adventurous rides without fear. And as you get older, you, you realize that you start thinking about other things. You have family, you have children, you have things you have to arrange when you move in. But the verse that kept popping up to me, um, or the, uh, and I actually didn't even write down the reference, but 
I'll, I'll have Dwayne look it up for us. It's um, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And it just kept coming up to me because um, faith requires us to take action. It's a command. He commands us um, to stretch, to reach, to jump, to leap. That would be Hebrews 11.6, where that's from. And so my question to you is, how do we please God, right? It's kind of like I just flipped that on you. The answer is, have faith. And it's interesting that phrase, have faith. What does that mean to actually have it, you know, to have faith? Faith seems to be an action verb, right? It's an action that we do, but we also can have it. And I love I love that you um that the verse of the of the day is in Romans Oh somebody's uh somebody's not on mute, so if you can check your phones um now and just mute it, that would be great. Um <clears throat> I love the verse from Romans five because that was that was quoted this morning and I wrote down and jotted access to faith by grace. See the difference between people and in the Old Testament versus us today is that we get grace. And grace is what helps us level up our faith. You know, the enemy loves to come in and keep us stuck on a level of faith. And the Holy Spirit um, wants to stretch our faith. And stretching is uncomfortable. It's not fun. And we've had we've talked about this in previous uh, previous pods or uh you know, um, lessons. And the other question I have is, um, what does it mean? What does it mean to have faith? So the word faith actually can refer to trust. And trust cannot be established unless you have a relationship. And it's it's great when we know, oh, we can believe in God. It's a whole other level when we can know him. Believing and knowing him are two totally different things. You can ask Satan if he believes in God and he'll say, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But does he have a relationship with Jesus, an intimate relationship with Jesus? Um, so can we trust someone if we're not close to them? And this this has been kind of something I've been thinking about because I think there's always a time when we need to be coming come into uh, a place of evaluating where our trust and faith level are. Jesus used to give me a beautiful picture of where I was and you could ask him, Holy Spirit, show me where I where I'm at. And for about a year I was in the boat looking out at Jesus, and then it moved from me standing in the boat, and then I, he would show me a picture of me, like, just dabbling my toe in the water, and then I was standing on the water, and then I was sinking in the water, and then he was pulling me up, and then I was looking him in the eyes, and then I knew that once I fixed eyes with Jesus, 
See, when you look someone in the eye, and you can look in their, them in the eye for more than 10 seconds, then you know you're probably moving into a deeper bond with that person. There was this, uh, I don't know if they, if it's still around, I'd love to post it on my Facebook, but there was this video a couple years back, and they would take two totally different strangers from different countries, like they could even be warring countries' enemies, and they would sit them, the, the, it would, they did a test, and they would put them in, the, in chairs facing each other in a room by themselves. And all they, their only job was to look each other in the eye. They couldn't even talk. They were just to look at each other in the eye um, for so long. I think it was like 30 seconds even. It wasn't super long. And... Before, you could see the expression on these people's face where at first they were very guarded. You know, their first expression of the other person was, you know, even the shock, like, why would you be in the room with this enemy? And then by the end of that period of time, you could see them soften and you could see them, like, exchanging some kind of communication even through their eyes. And when the when it was over, they would show clips of them hugging each other. Um, some people had tears. It was like they could see something in the other person. And it was really, um, you could see that they had connected. And I think that when you trust someone, you can look them in the eyes for a long period of time. And you can let down your guards. You can let down your hair, so to speak. You can be yourself. So what's your trust level with God? And, you know, if you've gotten to, everybody has a different level. I, I've, I've went through so many different levels. And there's so many different avenues, too, in which he needs you to trust. Because, you know, we were raised in several different kinds of environments. And pretty much this world is don't trust this and don't trust that and don't eat that because it's got gluten and, oh, no, you need to eat gluten. And and now every avenue of our life, we're like, I don't know if I trust anyone or anything. I can't eat anything. I can't talk to anyone. I can't go anywhere without somebody shooting up the place. Where can you go? <laughs> I mean, honestly, we live our lives in fear, right? And it's and I'm going to get to that a little bit later on, how fear can enter in. And that's a good indication that the enemy is after your promise, right? So if he told you to, to invest all your money <laughs> into a ministry and, and you had a lot of money, um, could you do it? Could you do it? That's a good question. That's one question you can ask yourself. That's one area. If he asked you to let go of, like, think about Isaac, right, being sacrificed, could you could you go that far? If he asked you to quit your job, if he asked you to, you know, give of yourself in a way that is completely and totally uncomfortable, what, where's your faith level? Where's your faith? Where's your trust level? 
those are amazing points. Um, yeah, I say it all the time. Going back to when hun, you said there's a difference between believing in God and believing God, believing Jesus at his word, that he is the word, and that what he says, not only is he capable of what he's going to do, but he is going to do it, but he has the power and the capability of completely whatever the promise is, no matter how impossible in human terms it looks, he is more than capable to do it, and he loves you, and he's good enough to do it. Um, but we have had a lot, yeah, like you said, a lot of faith journeys, and there are times, more frequently than not, <laughs> that he either shut the door on jobs and said, still walk and be faithful, or straight up quit, and I've still got you. And I don't think I've ever had a question of can he do it? Does he have something for us? Is is there going to be somewhere to land? Hopefully eventually somewhere, maybe. But I think a lot of times, deep down in my heart, does he love me enough to? So to go out and do it, not a question. Like we were having even conversation yesterday, and I'm like, okay, do I ever doubt or not step? I'm like, no, actually, I don't think so. Do I fear it in the midst of it? Most of the time. Um, do I think he's not capable? That doesn't ever go past my mind. The last few times, the bigger the faith step, it's, I think my prayer is constantly, I'll go wherever you want me to go, just don't leave me alone. Because in the back of my mind, it's that, don't leave me alone. Um, but he has proven, especially in, recent, <laughs> in each recent one, and the bigger the jump, uh, stick it out with me. And we've done a lot of stick it out even when you don't see it. And I think that's where the test ends up happening. So when it's the little steps, it doesn't take as long. Like the, the end result comes a little quicker. The more you need to be stretched, like when Israel is being told, okay, stretch out your tents, be prepared. Sometimes you stretch out you're being stretched out by your faith, you're being in that desert, you're being worn down, what have you, in preparation, okay, do you last longer? Because this one's going to take longer to get the end result. The reward at this one is going to take longer. Do you have that endurance? Do you believe me long enough for a longer journey and still believe I'm good, I love you, I have your best intentions? It's all going to work out. You're tired. You're hurting. You don't see. I get it. Do you believe me longer term or long term without the instant result? Well, that spoke to my little heart. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my next kind of, that was my next point. We cannot sometimes get conditioned by our environment to have that flight or fight based on what's happened to us. You know, my husband and I have moved 18 times, you know. We could do it again, you know, if we had to. We would like it. It's uncomfortable. But do we have the faith and the trust just as much as when God tells us to go to stay, to be still, 
to let to stay in it to win it. And and we experienced that actually in our last position we worked with special needs and I'll tell you what, we wanted to slide <laughs> the very first day. <laughs> we managed a home with three three men with special needs. We have had, at this point we had had already eight and a half years working without rescue. Uh we've been punched, spit on, poop's been thrown on us. Um, people are cursing at us all the time. Um, we've had counseling sessions upon counseling sessions. So we, it's not like we hadn't been in it to win it before for Jesus and for those that he wanted us to touch. But And we lived with 10 teenagers that were on psychotropic medication, so we thought we were ready. So, but here we are, we were like, oh, at least three individuals, right? And it was a duplex, and our family lived on one side, and the three guys with special needs lived on the other side. And on the very first day, my husband gets a chunk of his arm completely ripped out of his off because um, one of the gentlemen was very aggressive. He he went to the hospital, and the doctor said, "Did a dog bite you?" And he's like, "No, it was person." And he's like, "Is this your job?" I would probably leave. Right, and and while he's doing that, I was uh, dodging pinches from him, and another resident was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, and our babies were like four and five and two, I think, or four and one, something like that. And they were pretty little, and my thought is, oh heck, no, I cannot raise my children in this, right? And I honestly, to this day, don't know why we didn't leave. Um, but we stayed in it, and we and and the whole time of uh, we had so much adversity from the administration that was dysfunctional to never being uh, hardly been able to keep anybody staffed up in our home so that we could have relief or our breaks. It was it was so many times. But we stayed in it, and we had to do a lot of, we had to apply a lot of grace, a lot of grace, a lot of, we had, and I can't even at that time say that I felt like we were able, even knew how to draw from the strength and uh, intimacy of of the Father, because we were always just in it, and yet his grace just overshadowed us. We learned so much through it. We grew in it. And and ultimately, because we stayed in it for two, three years, they gave us this amazing opportunity to take one or two of the individuals, which we, which now didn't have any behaviors because we learned how to to work with them. And so they came into our home, and then we had a family home agency, and it was more than we could imagine. It, it provided more than we needed, even and. Um, and there was and there were still things we learned through that season, but it was the season of rest, and it was a blessing. So it's learning to to stay when he tells you to stay, even though you know all this stuff can happen, right? It's trusting that he's in it with you. You're not alone, even if you feel like it. He's got your back. He's there, and and amazing things that we learned during that season. And 
the only way for us, like I look back on that and I think I can see now how God carried us. I can see now how he got us through. I can see now that my father took an amazing care of us and he blessed us on top of it for our faithfulness to him. Our faith to stay in it was pleasing to the father. And he said, and and it's like there's always going to be um, fear and doubt and mistrust that tries to come and keep you from your assignment. And you have to, you know, when you get to that point where you're like, I'm ready to go, God, send me, <laughs> right? And he's like, I did, and you're there, and I want you to stay, right? Um. Go ahead. So <laughs> it's quite interesting. Yes. So Sarah made a good point that I think before this trip, there was we were unsettled. Like Lord, you've got to have some. And I think many times in our lives we find that that unsettled. Hey, I want to be purposed in ministry, and for our us personally, our and I know me, my heart's yeah. You, know, you know, at this point I'm like I want to work with youth. I want to do this. I send us back to certain places. And so we came into this agency and. Really quick, right off the bat, you know, the whole, the glam of going to California and, and, and them taking care of us and what have you, you know, when you go to the ER on your first day, yeah, that, that makes your eyes open up a little bit. And um, to go the next year and a half, and it took a lot of forgiveness and a lot of grace, um, especially with one particular young man. And after a year and a half, and, and having a, a, a company that you know they're dysfunctional, so in the midst of it, it's not being able to trust the ones that are governing what you're at, and then you got public opinion of the special needs people that you're at, and there's a whole lot of adversity. It's just like, I think I don't remember how many times I was just like, Lord, why can't I just be a youth pastor and leave this thing? And like Sarah said, you've said go and send me, and I'll do for you. And then one day <laughs> you realize he's telling you, you're there where I sent you. Now do the work. You are literally doing the work. Most of the time for Santa, it's we're just being us. We're just doing what's necessary uh, sometimes in the moment, or we don't see it as this great ministerial thing. Lord, we're just being us. We're just doing what we've always done, or this what seems right, and we're just calling on you in prayer for strength and guidance in the midst of it. And then you stop and then you realize that's literally what, yeah, that's sending you out. That's being that light, that's trusting in me for the mission I have before you. We just, I think, honestly, we don't realize there's no misstepping. He has sent you. So even if it doesn't feel like, well, this isn't important enough to be your work, is it? Let him be the judge of that. You, do, We don't know the butterfly effect and all the little pieces and what and what's not. But the point is, be in it. He... Where you are is where you're supposed to be till that next time. But like Sarah's saying, sometimes it's realizing you do have me placed where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm going to root myself in you here and let you be you. Let God be God and run the show. You just do your part where you're at. You love the heck out of anybody that's in the midst in your circle where you're at. And you hold on to him with that faith because you, if it's beyond you, like if it is really a God calling and a God thing in the midst of what you're doing, then it's supposed to be bigger than you anyway. 
which makes you have to pour into him a whole lot more, which that gift of faith, and when it says have faith, it's that gift he gives you anyway. When, it, when we're talking about the big faith, that came from him to do it in the first place because we'd rather run, you know, catch tail and just run. That faith gift, <laughs> to stick it, that's from him. And sometimes it's exactly where you're supposed to be. That's good. I wanted to move into just just a little snippet of what I saw the Father was speaking on the process of leveling up in our in our faith. What does it take to level up in our faith? And and they're gonna I'm gonna give you about I don't know seven different points here a process here in a bit. But this is just kind of like an interlude. I uh, the Lord shows me things very creatively because I'm a creative person. And I love that he speaks to me that way because it's so personable. You know, I he started speaking to me creatively before I realized I was a creative person because I'm me. I am unique me. Everybody has a unique self. And so he will speak to me in songs. He'll speak to me in signs and license plates, random, weird. I mean, I have people, random people that will come up and say something and it confirms a word. Uh, it's Even my boss sometimes has said stuff. Even, I'll tell you what, even I work with seniors. I've even had seniors randomly come up and say things to me at the right time and it had nothing to do with what was being talked about and it had everything to do with what the Lord was sharing. I've had, I've had seniors even wear t-shirts that had you know, a message for me. It was just the most creative thing, okay? This, I've had a couple of different things, and I'll share both of them this past couple of weeks because I always feel like when the Lord shows me something this creative, that it, it, it's to be shared and, and um, brought into the message. And so uh, my husband and I, on our anniversary, we went out, uh, we had got a hotel, and we, we went to a lot of different cool places that, when we were settling in for the night, the, that old movie with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, The Pretty Woman, was <laughs> probably the most appropriate movie, but it came on. And there was, and at the point, I was paying attention for some reason to a couple of things that she was saying. She won't, she's, I mean, the, the just of the movie, she's a prostitute, right? And, and, he, and he's a businessman. But she says, I won't kiss on the lips. That's my number one rule. I mean, that's the only thing. I I don't kiss on the lips. But then later on in the movie, as they're getting ready to sign a basically another agreement, she's listening to a song by Prince, and um, and she sings this part that says, "All I need is your extra time and your kiss," right? And I don't know why those things that connection was highlighted to me for whatever reason and uh but lo and behold um you know the the week went by and he just kept bringing it bringing it back to my memory and just questioning me sarah can you just kiss anyone you know can you you can you kiss anyone he's like and I'm like, no, you you can't. Um, 
it's an intimate exchange. Now, at church, you know, you'll you'll kiss each other on the cheek. Actually, it's very customary to to kiss a, like a welcoming kiss. And, and they did it back in Jesus' time, and it was a sign of greeting and affection. And you can find actually some of those references in Romans sixteen sixteen, 1 Corinthians sixteen twenty, Second Corinthians thirteen twelve where things were, like, it was, you could feel something with a kiss. It was almost like a promise, like, or an agreement. You make an agreement, which I thought was interesting um, in the movie, because they were making an agreement when she was listening to that song. And if we were to think about how God, he seals us, you know, he seals us, and, and he seals us with a kiss, because as we grow in our in our relationship and in our intimacy with Jesus, we get to a place where we can and he he's never gonna put anything on you more than you can handle. So I, I remember I went through this this process again, envisioning myself getting closer to Jesus and it, it started out, you know, he's over here chasing me and I'm chasing him and um, then it took a long time before I felt comfortable just holding his hand. And then it took an even longer time for me to hug him. And then I, I, then I finally got to the place where I was envisioning myself playing with his beard even. Um, intimate touch, right? It's, I don't touch my husband. I don't touch other men like I touch my husband, right? Because I have an intimate relationship with, with my husband. It's the same thing as Jesus is our husband, and we can have an intimate um, connection with him. And when we have that intimate, we grow in our intimate walk with him, knowing that we can let our hair down, we can have this connection, we can get to the heart of God, we can connect. When we get there and we begin to see with spiritual eyes how he's taking care of us, and how he's pulled us through every faith step, then we begin to start to to level up in our, our faith and trust. Because I trust my husband probably more than anyone else on this earth, more than anyone I know. Why? Because he's been in it with me. He's been in the good times. He's been in the bad times. He's, he's in it when I'm irritated with him. He's in it when I'm loving on him, he's in it when, when I'm in the hospital, he's in it when I'm um, barely able to make it out of bed. That's an intimate relationship. And sometimes our um, ability to understand that God is a God of intimacy gets construed when we relate him to earthly father or people who've hurt us or when trust has been broken. But God is always faithful to us. See, his faithfulness is what levels up our faith. You know, because he's faithful to us no matter what happens. And the enemy would love to to throw things in our face, making us think that he hasn't been faithful. But if you're alive and you're breathing today, your God has been faithful to you. And we have to get to a point where we can acknowledge and see, I do have an intimate relationship with my father because he's gotten me through everything, and I acknowledge it, and that is where my faith and trust is going to be. 
I had this phrase, I just felt like I wanted to say to the father, I'm sticking by your side. You know how you like to get picked like on teams and, and you know, school? I hated that. But I, if, I, if that was happening in the spiritual right now, I'd be like, I am on Jesus' side. I don't care about anybody else's. I'm right here. I'm staying beside him because I know that he can get me through anything. And when we get to the point where we can understand that he can get us through anything, there's nothing out there that can scare us. Staying, going, whatever it is, it can't scare us. Um, so that's, it's, it's kind of like getting kisses from heaven. When you have that connection and that worship time, that time in the word, the time where you carve out um, time for investing in him. You know, we invest in people, right? You have certain people that you like to hang out with. Some people you shouldn't be hanging out with, probably, because of their influence on you. But there's there's people that you're like, you know what, I just love that person. I'm going to invest my time. I think the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what, I have limited time. So um, I'm going to invest and limited people <laughs> just because, because I you know if you want to be in my world it's kind of like I have very little time and if you if you want to pursue like Jesus with me I will give you my time but if you're not in it to win it and you're kind of like eh, maybe you know I want to love you but but I am just going to be honest I'm not going to let you be a time sucker I'm just, just gonna, you know, I just people. You either want it or you don't. You either want Jesus or you don't want Jesus. And you know, I can love you where you're at, and I can journey with you where you're at, but I'm not gonna probably give you a ton of my time. Um, it's kind of like Jesus is like, you can follow me, right? I'm gonna show you how the the right way to to walk. I'm gonna show you things you've never seen before. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will disciple you and I will invest in you. Um, if you're, if you, if you're in it to win it. We were just, um, it, just a little side note. My, there, this amazing lady in our church who, um, it's just, I just love her to death. She's an older lady, but she, she invited us over for dinner and she wanted us to see a snippet from this, uh, DVD set about Jerusalem and, and different and different um, parts of Jerusalem where Jesus walked in. Um, I just never realized how many disciples Jesus actually had. Mm-hmm. He had like 500 disciples, and then, then the next level of intimacy would be 70, and then the next level of intimacy was 12, and then the next level of intimacy was 3, right? Which was, which was what? Peter, John. And was it Andrew? I'm not sure. I have to look that up. But um, that's kind of how we that's how we have to operate, right? We are to go and make disciples. And I won't get off on a tangent, but I'm just saying, for the level of intimacy, there's times where we allow people to, you know, we know these people are in it to win it, and we're gonna we're gonna get the we're gonna get them trained up and equipped because they actually want it. Um, and then the other ones will come at, at their own pace, but we're still discipling just on a, on a different level. Um, 
And I, I had to, of course, uh, acknowledge the first kiss ever. I love this because um, it's life. Genesis 2-7 um, says, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in him in his nostrils the breath of life. And I love that when our lips touched, when God touched us with his, when he kissed us, I guess you could say that it was a kiss of life and breathed life into our into us. Peter, James, and John. Oh, yeah, it was Peter, James, and John, the three. Um, and also, um, in that time, people would kiss, um, they would kiss people when they when they passed away, almost uh, as a um, sending sending our um, that person into the next life. Um, it was customary to greet a teacher with a kiss as a sign of respect. So if you if you know if I were going to, I probably won't kiss my pastor, but <laughs> I will hug him and. Um, but there, it was back in those days, it was very customary. If you were being mentored, especially probably the more intimate you were with that person. I mean, look at um, John would probably often lounge on Jesus. He, um, he would lay on his chest. That's the, closest, that's the closest you can get, right? When you're laying on Jesus' chest, you're close to his heart. And um, I tell you what, I want to be that. I want to be John. Mm-hmm. I want to be that person that is so confident and the love that Jesus, John was also the one that was like, whom Jesus loved. He knew it. So he he proclaimed it. And that's and that is the level that we want to get ourselves to, to where we can feel comfortable laying on Jesus, knowing without a shadow of a doubt, it doesn't matter if I've messed up, it doesn't matter how I, if I'm thinking terrible thoughts, I can lay on, on his chest and be close to his heart because he's going to love me. And he just got it. Um, you can do a kiss between um, family members, you know, friends. But but when you're in our, you know, husbands and wives, it's, it's even more intimate. I feel like husbands, husband and wife is, is, you know, and the word even talks about being the bride of Christ and Jesus most intimate place you can be. Jesus has an intimate relationship with the bride of Christ. So there's this process of faith, and um, it's kind of, um, if you read Matthew uh, 18, it comes out of here. Uh, Not one, you're not aligning, aligning with fear or doubt like Sarah and many others did. Um, faith is believing what cannot be seen. So there's faith is as the essence of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Focusing on what the Father needs us to do while waiting for promises. So the question is, what what's your faith stance? Sometimes our faith stance is just standing and and waiting. Um, and are you firmly planted? And then what happens when the storms are raging, when health issues come up, when financial issues come up, when family issues, 
it's hard to fight for what we cannot see, um, but that's exactly where we need to activate our faith. You're going to know if you're heading towards a promise or leveling up in your faith process. You know, faith, you get, you get rewards, right, when you, when you activate your faith and, you, and, you, and you're walking in it. And um, because faith walks lead to promises, just like Sarah and Abraham. Sarah, I read that over last night, <laughs> and I just there there's a couple things that stood out to me when Abraham when God spoke with Abraham and said your wife this time next year is going to have a son, and she was at the, uh, at the tent listening, and she laughed. Um, and then God says. Why did your wife laugh? And then Sarah lied. Okay, I don't know about you, but I, I've read Bible stories like Ananias and Sapphira. They lied, they died. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they lied, they died. They, they, you don't lie to the Lord, and yet for some reason, um, the Lord just had grace on her because He just re, he, he says back, He says, um, "Yes, you did. That's it. <laughs> yes, you did lie." And um, I was so, like, beside myself thinking about that because, you know, Jesus hadn't died and rose again, so there, the grace actually came from the Father because Ananias and Sapphira, they lied and they died. <laughs> Sarah was carrying a promise. He had already spoken it. He had already chosen her and Abraham to, be, to carry nations, and so he had grace on her. In fact, it wasn't the first time they lied. Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah being his wife earlier. He struck the truth, right? Um, I mean, God has some incredible grace for them. It's a good point. It was definitely not the period 